Welcome to the Buy Box Bandits Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Buy Box Bandits Podcast. Today, we have another awesome episode. My man, Philip Bowers here, who has an interesting model, kind of combines RA, OA, private label as well, which we're excited to dive into. He's one of the better follows uh, meme-wise on Amazon Instagram, so you guys better follow him, filled by Amazon on that. But we're excited to you know, talk into some of the stuff he's up to, get into numbers, tactics. I like some of the goal setting you do as well and all that, so thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Glad to chop it up with you guys. Sweet. So, all right. You're our, oh, no, you're our second Nebraskan. Because Rodriguez is Nebraskan okay. as well. Yeah. Rodriguez yeah. is Yo, Nebraskan. Is, yeah. So I have, yeah, I have a funny story. I haven't actually asked him about it. That happened last year, but I think it was him with some pools. Um, I showed up to a Walmart with some, with a U-Haul and uh, I was picking up like 10 pools and they brought a bunch, they brought like six out. You know, like, here you go, Mr. Rodriguez. I was like, Ooh, it's not me. And probably. I think, I yeah. think that was for him. So they had a, did you take oh, him? Did you take him? Uh, yeah, because they had a bunch of them. So I was like, well, let me go and store and figure it out. So because they had some leftover, I took those. They had some leftover, but while I was in the store, I saw another six. So I grabbed those and had them put in the U-Haul as well. And he just, no, no pools for Tony. No pools for Tony, but cool. All right. So yeah. I, I think, I think he still got them. So yeah, yeah true, true. So tell us, we'll uh, to, you we'll know, how you, well, we will, he's listening to this geek too, I think definitely, I, I'll want it definitely, <laughs> but yeah, talk to us about how you got into reselling Amazon. Um, and I'm curious even which model you started with too, cause you do a bunch of them. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I started in February, 2020 on Amazon and, uh, it was one of those things I, I should have got into earlier because I had been looking at it for, um, probably six months. And for me, it was a, I was looking at ways of eliminating uh, our household debt. So we had some student loans, which if I waited a few years, I would have been in a perfect situation now, but uh, just those car payments. So I was just looking for some things. The Amazon model came across um, and I actually started out with books. So start out with the, the books model, because that seemed to me um, just to be the the lowest barrier of entry and kind of what I had been looking at, just the easiest to follow. So I started in books. And, you know, it started in February 2020. So March 2020, selling books made it a little bit more difficult um, because a lot of things were shut down. But I I persevered through that. And I did books the entire year, pretty much until December. I actually, that's when I started getting ungated. I got ungated in grocery first. And so I started doing more RA up until this past February, where I started doing actual OA. Um, I'd never really done OA before, but um, February or April of 2021, I launched a private label product. That was kind of another transition I made, as well as getting into the Walmart uh, marketplace last year. And so kind of do a lot of different things um, for me, just seeing, you know, which model works um, and what I like. And the nice thing for me is that um, I, I feel like I always have wells to dip into of products to look at and different ways to look at things. So. So one, one thing, and just to kind of get us going here, one thing you kind of just grazed over was, he said, I, I started a private label product, which is like a, a big deal. It's a massive it's deal. It's successful right? so too. Just, yeah, we got to talk about all that. Yeah. He yeah. just kind of casually, nonchalantly just mentioned it. So how did that get going? What sort of category did you operate or do you operate in? And, and how did that all come yeah. to fruition? Yeah, so I, like I said, I started with books. And, uh, you know, a lot of the content that I was consuming was, 
primarily around book selling and probably just the algorithm of what I was looking at. But I also saw private label um, content and that intrigued me. That intrigued me. And so um, I did a lot of research on my own of, um, you know, what constitutes a good private label product. And it took me probably, now the way I, and I'll, I'll caveat it with this, the way that I do private label product research is I do it all manually. I don't use Helium 10. I use Jungle Scout a little bit, but I found that I was getting a lot of the same niches and categories um, that were oversaturated. So um, it took me probably around six months to land on my first product and we launched it. Um, the method that I use is successful. We've done it twice now and we were able to rank to the top of page one with both products within a month of launching. And so um, it, private label is a, a pretty big beast. Um, and then, you know, when you, when you tie that in with like PPC and ad spend, um, it, it can make it somewhat complex. And a lot of people are, can, can be a little bit scared. And, and you hear a lot of horror stories of, you know, people losing a lot of money. Our first product we launched all in with about $5,000, but 1500 of it was photography and copywriting. So it was only like 3,500 to get our foot in the door with the product, with the niche. And one of the things that uh, I look at with a private label product is I'm not looking necessarily for home run, which even in an arbitrage situation, a lot of people are looking to scale and they're looking for a product that is going to make them a ton of money up front, which is great. And you can certainly do that. But um, I like the low hanging fruit. And so with private label, what we look for is we look for a product that we can sell at least three times a day. And so if we can make roughly 90 to 100 sales in a month, um, we consider that just getting on base. And in our model, we want to get a lot of those singles stacked up. And some of those will turn out eventually to be home runs. I mean, our first product, we are anticipating it to only do around 90 to 100 sales um, a month. And we are between four and 500 pretty much since we launched. Um, and that's different though. It's not, it's no seller amp estimated sales. That's your listing. Those are all your sales. It's a, yeah, a mindset so, shift on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've noticed uh, not a knock against seller amp, but we've noticed that it estimates the sales much lower than what we Oh no. Okay. Agreed. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and the same so, thing with uh, uh, Keepa stock counts too. In, in like the offers count on, T on Keepa. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we've we've uh, we've done well with it. Um, next year, because ultimately my goal is to oh, my bad. My um, bad. is to primarily do mostly private label, um, and so next year we're looking at launching five uh, five products under a brand, which we actually today filed a trademark for. So. Sweet. Low hanging fruit is one of the top phrases that's mentioned on this. Ease podcast, of purchase. So ease of purchase. Yeah. Ease of yeah, purchase. Yeah. Too. yeah, bro. Sure. Ease of purchase. Yeah, definitely. And, and who's we on the private label side? So I use we as in conjunction with my wife and I. Oh, that, so that's just, what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel yeah. cool. Good. I was, I was yeah. hoping it was. Yeah. So you, you own it all. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Very good. And how did you find your photography team and to, to do the copyright? Yeah, I was wondering that too. Or... Yeah. So um, with doing research, you know, joining Facebook groups and uh, some discord, reaching out to people um, and DMs, we just got referrals. Um, and then just reached out to those. And, you know, we've, the nice thing is, um, you know, like I said, for us, it's an upfront cost, which makes our first order per unit, the cost is a little bit higher, but going that route versus, you know, using someone off of Fiverr or even trying to take pictures myself, 
I feel like it's a much more professional look and professional um, appearance. And so that we've used those same images and copyrights for over a year now on those products, those two products that we I have. Mean, and, and every time you sell a unit, that upfront cost gets oh, cheaper, goes down. Cheaper. Yeah, the, yep. the gross margin. Yeah. And yeah, so are you, are you altering a current product? Are you bringing something new to the market? What's your strategy with that? So what we're doing is we're doing a little a hybrid. So what, what I look for is I'm not looking for necessarily to reinvent something or, you know, to invent something brand new. And generally that's going to be because, you know, if I'm having like a mold made, that's going to be much more expensive versus if I'm finding something that I can. So I'll, I'll take a step back. The way that I approach a product is I'm looking for something. And when you guys had Trevin, I think it's Trevin Peterson. on. Yep, he kind yep, of talked yep, about this a little yep. bit. Um, is that I'm looking for something that I can, he, he used the word unique twist. Um, I, I just call it a unique selling point. So I'm, I'm looking at a product that is doing decently. And for me, that means it's doing at least, or it has a BSR of at least 80,000 because if it has at least a rank of 80,000, it's getting some sales. And so we start, you know, I start to research, you know, what are, what are the reviews saying? What are customers either complaining about or saying that they like? What are things that are, frequently bought together? Can I make a bundle? Can, you know, if it's something that is only available in black, are people saying, man, I wish it had been blue or can I offer it in blue? Is there another offering? So we're looking for something that makes it unique, but there's also a need for that product in the marketplace. So um, one of our products, we actually made a bundle entirely. We, we took three, three things that, um, you know, were all selling well by themselves, but no one was offering it together. And you could see when you looked at four or five of the top sellers in this category, which was the office category, that um, <clears throat> all of those products, people were frequently buying together. And so we, we made a bundle with our first product of three different items that people were already buying. There was already you know, a demand for in the market. And so we kind of operate in that, that understanding or that mindset uh, when mm -hmm. we're looking at doing something. It's just making, not necessarily, you know, like we don't really go for the color model or like maybe a different wording. We're looking for something that you can create a demand and, you know, you, what you talk about in arbitrage, building a barrier of entry around your products, maybe with coupons or whatever. We're looking for something in the same way that we can create a barrier entry that people are not doing. And so if we can bring that to market first, that's going to put us ahead, you know, maybe a couple months even versus somebody who might have that same idea. Uh huh. And what's the big constraint right now? Is it uh, total addressable market of the items is too small, or capital, or getting better at the scale, supply chain? You mean of launching new products, or or, or growing the existing ones too? Like what, 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 whichever is the the goal overall? So the the existing products really are probably capped out as far as um, the categories that they're because they're very niche specific, mm -hmm. and so like like the one that we do, you know, four or 500 units a month, like I think Q4 will get a bump in that because we did last year, but I think that's around the market cap for that because I don't think the demand is greater. Now, if we got into a category like baby, you can get, you can get products that, you know, the sky's the limit, but um, we're, we're also, you know, again, we're operating under the, the assumption that we're only looking to get a single on base, you know, and if it turns out to yeah. sell more than a hundred units for us, then that is, that could potentially be a home run. Mm -hmm. So is the, the, I, yeah, I, I, I love that. So is the idea that three years from now, I want to have 50 products that because private label compounds, your reviews mm -hmm. compound, 
the yeah. listing, getting traffic? Is it like, I hopefully we have 50 products that each make 500 profit a month or 700 profit a month average each stuff like yeah. that? Or would it be one yep. flagship brand, like an entity? Yeah. So we're building a brand right now. And that, and you know, that's the other thing with private labels. A lot of people assume that to start out with, you have to build a brand. Well, you bring a product to market. That yeah. You got to make well. money. Yeah. yeah you do what you yeah. do. Garrett and I were talking about that. You do whatever yeah. you can outside of committing federal yeah. crimes to get to, to get to five to yeah. 10 grand a month. Am, is my mic too loud? Still? No, no, oh, good. Okay. No. It's so loud in my ears. I got to change. You do whatever you can outside of committing federal crimes to get to yeah. five to 10 grand a month profit to where you can live off it. Right. Like you do whatever, yeah. you do whatever you can, in my opinion. Yeah. So once we, pr- once we have a product that is consistent in our sales, then we can start to look at building a brand and building a story around that, which now that we're, now we're doing it. So yeah, we want to create a stable of products. You know, I would be happy with 25 products um, that make a thousand bucks a month. Cause that's about what we're averaging oh, right yeah. now on our, our, our two products. Um, but you know, that's the long-term goal. And ultimately I would like to do that to live off the products to go back to Goodwills on the weekends, just to get books for fun. Cause I really like doing books. Um, and actually that's interesting because one thing I forgot to mention is when I was looking at buying our first private label product, it was actually uh, between either putting our money in that or getting into bulk books. And we backed out at the last second of getting into a bulk bulk operation, which was a wise choice now. Yeah. It's um, Danny did bulk tour, uh, bulk books. Yeah. Uh, like a week, I think he uh, like a six very, weeks. Yeah. I think he has a pretty regrettable. He loves talking about you know. it though. Yeah, what is yeah the, books are um, great. I mean, it's it's library labor intensive, but it's everyone kind everyone kind of messes with. No one wants to do it again, but everyone looks fondly that's, that's on the time they did though. it. That's how you, when we talk to people who did bo- books, that's like yeah. the sweat equity that you are you where you earn your stripes, so to speak. Oh, yeah. But um, what are oh, yeah. what are the typical margins you see, like your buy cost or selling price for each of your products? So our um. Our margins right now run, and this is before any ad spend, we're at about 45% net, uh, which is like 100 and I think when I looked last yesterday, it was like 160 or 170 ROI. Um, but we're selling, so we're selling pump the ad spend, are, baby, crank it up, crank it up, see what happens. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing is like the goal of private label is to ultimately you want to sell, make sales, but ultimately you really want to get to the top of page one where the eyes are going to be. And, you know, you do that initially through your PPC spend. So we are really aggressive uh, on the front and in our PPC spend to get ranked to the top of page one. Um, And so this, uh, I think it was February, I turned off all of my ad spend for three months and we didn't lose our ranking at all. And I just recently turned back on. Yeah. I don't need, once you have your, once you're ranked at the top of page one, you're, you're building roots. Uh, in Amazon system, just like any other product, the more you stay in stock, right? The, the better chance you are going to get the buy box. It's the same way with private label. The, the more that you're consistently ranked high, um, the the less you have to spend on PPC. So we, it's, uh, is it tough to stay it, in stock? Um, no, last year it was one time because of some shipping delays, but um, we've, we've got a system pretty much fine-tuned. We, when we make an order, we make an order for three and a half months worth of inventory, and we, we can tell pretty quickly within that first month how soon we're going to have to make a reorder. So uh, we have an order right now. It's going to be done with production next week. It'll get here like mid-October, and um, we have enough to get us through Q4. 
So and then have we'll you ever another... experimented with um, off Amazon traffic of any kind? No, we have toyed around with going into some local stores where we are uh, is really heavy into like supporting local. And so like we've thought about getting into local stores retail wise, but not off Amazon. The only thing I have to deal with off Amazon is getting hijackers off of like eBay and stuff that. And the people uh, in your to... DMs trying to sell you Amazon automation <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually going to ask that. Have do you deal with any like policing of your current listings? Like people oh, trying yeah. to hop on your list? Really? And so how does yep. it, how does that What are they work? they're selling the the Alibaba or like the the raw version it's, of it essentially? It, it, it's all it's drop shipping and the only time we've had issues is actually today um, because we're, we're today we filed a trademark for our, one of our brands. Um, and doing you know doing our due diligence and looking into some of that stuff i actually came across a drop shipper on ebay so we reported them to, to ebay as far as you know uh intellectual property violation but on on amazon the only other marketplace we ran into that is canada um is drop shippers and we just sent them a, a kindly worded message basically to get off the listing um and we haven't had much of a problem doing that so but so, getting trade trademarked you get into brand registry and uh, you have a little bit more power with that so by drop shipping, do you mean they're buying from you and shooting straight to the customer or buying from your supplier yeah. in North Shore? No, buying strictly from us. Because it'll say in the Canadian marketplace, you know, ships from the United States. But the thing is, and I didn't notice this um, for a while. I just never, I sell on Canada and Mexico. And so, um, you know, I, I check those every once in a while. And I just checked my listing on Canada and saw that there was like five sellers of so we like i said one of our products we sell for around 20 dollars, and they were selling it canadian which i know there's a currency exchange but they were selling it for like 45 canadian so that's so. like yeah 36 or some us like i don't know like yeah. 30 38 or something yeah. like that and everything so yeah. okay how does the current business break down what's the split plraoa right Both now in sales and time allocation and like focus Okay, that's a lot of questions. That um, is so, a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, try <and> break it <laughs> down. I'll try and break it down. So my current, uh, my current uh, spread, you know, as far as um, amount of sales, uh, private label is about ten percent of our sales. OA is probably close to seventy, and the rest is RA. Um, I didn't do any RA until this past February, and primarily for me is I didn't want to drive around anymore in cold weather. So I was just like, let me, you know, let me do OA for a little while. And it, I liked it. Um, but um, I'm heavily focused on the, on the e-commerce mindset. So for me, it's like, it's all day. I'm doing something thinking about, you know, Amazon or, or selling things. So lately when I've been doing RA, it's just because I want to get out of the house and do something besides, you know, go work out. So RA for me is almost like a hobby. Um, and it's, it's what I cut my teeth on. Uh, getting into other categories besides books. So, um, you know, I don't have a problem walking into a Walmart or Target and finding stuff. And usually I'm not even going in there to look for anything specific. Yeah. So. Jameson seemed like that way that he just like genuinely just liked doing, you know, Jameson Philippi. Yeah, I know of him. Yeah, right. He, he yeah. just, he, he literally, it was the exact same way. He, he just seemed like he really liked, like he just liked doing ours. Like, I, I feel it. Yeah. I feel it. What were you yeah. saying, Garrett? I was just gonna say Jameson's a good dude. I saw him oh, yeah. with him in Vegas. Oh, for real? Mm -hmm. what? Yeah. Damn, I don't he, know why I didn't ask and... that. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't ask <laughs> that. Cool, cool. He um he goes and buys a bunch of liquidation. We were talking about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that we were talking mm -hmm. about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of OA, how do you how are you actively sourcing? Is it all manual reverse sourcing? 
mostly mostly it's reverse uh, sourcing, storefront stalking. Uh, occasionally, I'll do manual. Uh, yeah. I, I there's a portion of our business that is discontinued products, and so mm. that is mostly manual because you know I, I has use to be. Sell, yeah. yeah, I use Selleramp. I use a lot of tools, um, and some of those you you got to dig for the sites that you can find those things on. But and that you know I'm a if you watch anything on my, on Instagram, you'll see that I occasionally post like I'm selling stuff that's ranked, you know, very high ranked, 500,000 million. Like people are going to look over that. But when you read, when you really get a feel for keep a charts, you can see where there is movement and you can see like if there's movement based on when somebody's in stock. And so some of the discontinued things that we sell are, you know, they're ranked so high because it's, they're hard to find and they're rarely in stock. So. One and thing so, I forgot to mention at the start of the episode, thank you, our sponsor, Selleramp, as oh, well. Yeah. You guys go get a free yeah. trial link in the uh, description. Got, uh, oh, the let's go. Ooh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to wear that for the, the stream right after this and everything. Sweet. Yeah, sounds good. So and then in terms of uh, in terms of uh, so we, we got the sales spread. What about like the attention and focus part mm-hmm. of things? Like where's the majority of your time going? Yeah. So majority of my time right now is OA. Um, private label is, you know, we have it dialed in. So essentially we make an order once every three months basically and that's about the work that we put into those products right now now researching it is a different animal um the last month i've been spending about 30 minutes to an hour a day research because i do all of my private label stuff manually and so just trying to decide what our next products gonna be the, the niches we want to get in the categories um so there's a little bit of work up front but the existing products I mean, I basically reach out to our supplier once every three months. The OA side, um, you know, I source for several hours a day, whether I'm buying or I'm looking at things that I want to buy, you know, shortly down the road. And then RA for me is essentially when I want to get out of the house. Now with Q4, it's a little bit different because oh, yeah. I'm, I'm starting to sell things for Q4 already that are always online this early, but they're in stores. Yeah, we're talking about that uh, that last night. That was, that was some pretty insightful stuff, and I, I'm no doubt in my mind that'll do well, uh, do well for you and a lot of other people, as uh, as well. In that, so were you ever as a kid, or you know, other times in life, were you ever selling stuff, entrepreneurial at all, or is this more so a recent thing? Uh, no, I I've been doing entrepreneurial things, uh, some legally, some not as legally <laughs> uh, when I was younger, um, but I've always had that mindset of starting things um, and trying new things, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And the nice part is now it's, you know, really, you know, positively impacting you and everything. And, and oh, for helping sure. out. Yeah, and for and sure. uh, what what inspired you to get on socials, too? Because you're uh, one of the better followers for this type of stuff, I would say, on Instagram, as well with all the memes yeah. and such. And that's <laughs> a nice creative outlet as well. But what what uh, and how yeah, long you been doing it, too? I've only been doing the socials since like April or May. Yeah, that's um, what I thought. And- yeah, I, I just wanted to get into it because I didn't think any of my uh, friends and family wanted to see me post a lot. I've been doing Amazon for a little while now. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where anybody who does it knows that you'll get those awkward conversations that family get together oh, or when you see a friend. And so yeah. I didn't think anyone wanted to just constantly hear me talk about it because it is something I like to talk oh, about. Yeah, like, I, that's know, why we're here. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We geek out you know, about like, all this I like stuff. to share, share things that I'm learning or, you know mistakes that I've made and maybe helping someone not make that same mistake. So that's really where that, uh, that impetus for doing socials was. I feel it. Kind of, um, I do want to transition back to like the PL side of things. <laughs> Garrett's like, you guys got to talk. Oh, you guys got to get on zoom and we're like, probably should either way, like off and then really jam on the let's hear it. Let's hear it. 
for someone who's completely new with PL, what are some of like the the key points to touch on or just an overview of, of how to make yeah. a good listing? And what Ex- is yeah. Yep. Is it more about what product you choose or how you market it, photograph it, position it? So it's a little, it's, it's both and. So ultimately, um, and this is a good way someone who's thinking about private label could go about just doing like a little bit of basic research. If you, if you want to sell, let's just say um, beach towels or something related to beach towels, right? Um, I don't know anything about that in Amazon, but if you just do that keyword search, you're going to see a lot of things pop up. And if you look at all of the listings on the first page, you're gonna very quickly get an idea of who has better listings. And that's one component of it. Like your pictures are one component of a good listing. Your, your bullet points are another component of a good listing because you know, you, you'll see this even in arbitrage products. You'll see a listing that has one picture versus another product of the same brand that someone created that might have five or six. And you might see a listing that has bullet points uh, you know, let's, let's just say like sweatpants, you know, it'll say like black sweatpants, cotton or polyester. And then you'll see another listing of the same brand of maybe clothing that has five or six bullet points with the full description. So those, those two pieces play into a good listing as well as, you know, um, how, uh, the big thing with, with your listing is how many keywords you can stuff into it. So a lot of times the the products with a longer title that has a lot of their main keywords stuffed in the listing. Um, but, you know, private label is one of those things that you can get into with, without necessarily going overseas for a supplier. Um, for instance, I'll just throw this out there. Like if you were to, if you were to type in the word ramen, right? Like ramen noodle soup, just type in the word ramen on Amazon. You'll see all the listings that come up. One of the top sellers in under that keyword is somebody who has bundled and actually their brand um it's like it's called i think like buy the cup which if they listen to this sorry for maybe throwing some listening that right but you'll see like a lot of a lot of their listings are all food products they're grocery items that you could go to walmart right now and buy but they always add something else and this is kind of what i was referring to earlier with like that unique selling point so like with ramen, they have a listing that's ranked like sub 5,000 in grocery, but they add a pair of chopsticks to it. Yeah, you, you could go to condiment king. Yeah, you oh, could go to a yeah, you could go to a lot of different places and bundle things together. I've I've had some sellers reach out to me that said, Hey, I'm on a listing with some candy and I got a complaint because they want me to get off because something about a sticker. Well, you look at the listing and there's a sticker in the picture because they bundle that with their candy, and that technically. In reality, that's a private label product. So, you know, something as simple as that of bundling something, maybe, you know, ramen with some chopsticks, right? That, that can become a private label product. Now, that's not the route that I want to go. But like, for instance, that seller, when you look at their storefront, most of their listings are things like that. They have coffee products that come with a, like a little stir spoon, you know, and though they're probably run a lot of PPC ads because, um, it, you know, it's in a category that they're, they're just kind of doing yeah, something simple. Um, competing with ramen, yeah. Yeah, but really private label um, on the front end is really where you're successful. Just like, you know, when you're doing arbitrage, you make your money when you buy. So um, on private label, if you can research, you know, what product you want to category, you know, what category you want to get into and how you really are going to make it stand apart, how you're either going to improve on something 
or adds your twist that is really going to make it stand out from everyone else in that category, that puts you a foot ahead, even if it's as simple as like, hey, there's only 10 sellers in this very specific niche, but they all have pictures that are clearly horrible Photoshop jobs. They've been taken with an iPhone on somebody's bed because you can see the blanket behind, you know, whatever. We all seen those listings on Amazon, like anything that you can do to make your listing stand out. And when you can really tie in pictures, copy, something unique about it, that's really where you start to get private label products that can really stand out and do well for you. It doesn't have to be a home run product, but it can be a very consistent seller for you as you, you know, add to your catalog of products. And some of the, the OA listings that you're buying into or seeing as you source, what's like the biggest point of mistake, right? Is it the picture? Is it the title of it, the bullets? Like, what do you think are lacking in the most listing? Um, for OA, um, it's probably the pictures and the bullets for OA products. And be, you know, it's just because a lot of those aren't necessarily always made by the brand. Yeah, like they're, Nike, they're made, like half of them aren't, yeah. Yeah, and so there's a lot of, you know, and you know, when you, when you talk about like a Nike product, right? Like that brand sells well because of the name. Uh, when you start to get into some other products, like, you know, you'll see a little bit better listings, but a lot of them ultimately are just not made by the brands themselves. Um, so, but always different because people are searching for, you know, Nike clothing, um, you know, like when they were looking for, you know, a year ago, looking for wall hair trimmers, like, you know, it was going to sell itself. So some products just sell themselves based on the brand. And in terms of the title, is it best to just kind of jam pack as much information into that title? It is title funny how that can? works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, you know, your, your keyword terms are what people are searching that by. So your, your heavy hitter, what's going to show up the most is what you can stuff into your um, title. So, and you'll even see this in Q4 where some listings will start to change their titles and they'll start to add words like, great gift for blank, oh. you know, great gift, great gift for dad, great gift for mom. You know, you'll start to see some of those listings will change on Q4 because those are things that people are searching for. And so if it's in their title, that's like the heavy hitter. And then you can, you know, you can stuff more keywords into your bullet points. And then in your product description, I don't remember offhand how many words you're allowed to stuff in, but it, it's quite a few, like it's over a hundred things that you're able to stuff into your product description. So those are where you can get some of your tail end keywords, maybe that are related to your product or have something to do. And when you set up your PPC campaigns, um, you can do like um, what they call exact searches. So if someone types in exactly, you know, going back to beach towel, if they type in beach towel, that can be an exact phrase for one of your campaigns. But if they type in something like um, blue beach towel, Maybe you don't have the word blue in your listing anywhere, but it's a broad enough phrase that your product can kind of catch them. It's a, it's a little bit more nuanced when you start talking about PPC, but that's where stuffing your product description, your bullet points, and your title with as many keywords as you can think of um, really come into play because you never know what someone is going to search for. Like one of our products, uh, we get a lot of orders by people uh, typing in um, Spanish words. And so we have some of those keywords in our product description um, on the back end that it's not like, it's just a market, you know, like people are searching for in Spanish, um, but it's not marketed that way anywhere on the front end. That's pretty cool. 
And in terms of pictures, like, is there a sweet spot for how many pictures you're shooting to six, six in one video? Right. I think it's like, it's like six. Yeah. In a video yeah. Or something so you like want, that. yeah. So your main, your main image has to have a white background. That's, that's kind of the basics, but after that you want to get lifestyle photos and then video video helps. Um, one of our products has video. One of them doesn't, you know, and if we haven't seen that, we haven't seen that at least in this and these niches that the video converts any better than not having it, but it's just one of those things to add. The video is just filling the background, just holding it up. Just yeah, <laughs> dude, the, the product demo. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. On that. So, what do That's you imagine a year from now the split is? RAOAPO in a perfect well, like situation. Said, yeah. So, what, next year we want to launch five new PL products. Um, and that's just, that's simply coming by. Um, we, we have an outside investor that has seen us do well in the Amazon space that is interesting in uh, basically investing it. They're not looking to form a partnership. They're just looking to invest. And so based on that, we want to launch five more. Um, but, you know, I'll still be doing OA and probably some RA. Um, it's just, it's like I said, it's fun to me. I don't have, our plan is not to build a PL brand to make an exit. It's to be able, it's just to keep doing it until, you know, that might come on the radar at some point. Oh, I, well, yeah, carbon. if you keep it, yeah, it probably will. And yeah. that'll be nice to have the option, definitely. Yes, it's possible. Um, but, you know, like I have uh, friendships with, with people in the private label community. You know, some of them heard, you know, they've been offered tens of millions of dollars and they just like doing it. And, you know, they have a catalog of over 100 products um, and they just like doing it. So I, I'm kind of in that same mindset. I mean, a hundred products, my mindset might be different if someone offered me tens of millions of dollars. But yeah, right now, so. you know, it, it's just, it's nice to do because that, that side of Amazon is really what can be a little bit more of what people think about when they think about passive income, just because once we have, there is a little bit of work, you know, it's not day to day, like, you know, maybe weekly, a very small amount. But essentially, once now that we have these dialed in, you know, like I said, most of the work is really doing the reorders. All the work was done on the front end of getting it set up right. And that's where people, I think, a lot of times fail because they will just go to, like I've seen, I've seen ads like, hey, I found this product on Amazon and I, you know, for $10, I can buy it on Alibaba. Oh, it's, it's so disgusting. And oh, my God. Yeah. That just, you you're just that. lying to people. Like, they're yeah. just lying to people. Like, oh my God, that is so disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not really how you want to do private label. At yeah. All, so. Yeah. God. Yeah. And, and you, have, you won't make you any money doing it that way either. Yeah. <laughs> What's you that? have two separate accounts, one for your PL, one for OA. Oh, I don't know how we didn't ask that. Yeah. Yeah. We have a separate account. Oh, we, we, nice. we I actually, didn't think you we, did, but I don't know why yeah. I didn't think you did. We cool. actually, Good. Okay. We, yeah. We actually opened that not too long ago and that mm -hmm. only because we have the intention of launching more products. So we yeah, really want to, exactly. yeah, we really yeah. want to bring that brand under the same umbrella. So, mm -hmm. oh yeah. All one niche. Uh, no different. We, one of ah, them okay. is one of our, our one product is in the like tools category and the mm. other one's in the office category. So, but those are under the same brand. Ah, uh, okay. And that's what I, that's, yeah, that yeah. was uh, getting yeah. into that as well. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Filled by Amazon. Go follow them. We need a, yeah. I don't know what the meme's going to be. It's going to be like, I'm going to be like, my, I'm going to be jumping off a plane and then like, Garrett's yeah. going to be right in there and it's going to, Phil's going to, it's like, when you go and buy box band, it's something like that. But seriously, go, okay. go follow this man. Explain the goals on the, on the whiteboard there. Cause you broke that down and I still don't really understand it. Oh yeah, this. So, yeah, yeah. So um, I am a huge. Uh, I'm motivated by you know pushing myself, setting goals, 
And um, I have, you know, I have, I document all this stuff on, on spreadsheets, you know, as far as my buys, so I can go back and, and replenish things. But just as a visual reminder, so this, this uh, board behind me, um, and I did, I started this last, uh, last August when I really was wanting to scale a little bit more. And so every month I just set a goal of 5% more units than I did the month before. And so um, this month, my goal was 3,000, like just a little over 3,000 units. And um, I track every shipment that either myself that I send out or my prep center, how many units, you know, the potential profit from it. And I can track that all month long. I mean, I have this stuff, right? Like, and um, I have this stuff in uh, inventory lab. But just a visual reminder for me to see like where I'm tracking, how much work I have to do, how much work have I not been doing. And so it's just, it's just a way for me to track and see where I am to getting my goals. And every, every month that I've done this since last August, I've actually exceeded those goals. Um, just by, again, just a constant reminder. I do the same thing with, uh, with my replenishables. Um, is I set a goal of how many replenishables I want to make me a certain amount of profit, and I can track those. And I did that really well with RA, but transitioning to OA, uh, it kind of reset the whole it's thing. It's tough, yeah. Building a, ca a catalog. Yep. Again. Sweet. All right. Thank you, my man. Yeah. So everyone, go uh, follow Phil. Filled by Amazon. Follow him on. On that, you got anything else for the people? Oh, hold on. I couldn't get oh, right. Yeah, something was off there for a sec. You got anything else for the people? For me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, any um, beginner tips, right? Bye -bye. Besides follow yeah. you on Instagram, of course. Yeah, uh, that'd be that'd be very kind. Uh, you know, going into Q4 right now, I would say um, start looking for things that are going to sell um, Halloween, Thanksgiving. There's a lot of things right now that you can jump on the curve early and, and get ahead of the time, you know, get checked into Amazon, um, and, and start selling before other people. That's, that's a big tip going into this Q4 for a lot of people. All right. Sounds good. Cool. Sounds good. So go follow Philip on, uh, on Instagram, get a free trial of seller amp at the link in the description, uh, sub to the buy box bandits, uh, put in the comments, Garrett needs to get a haircut. Have a great day. Everyone. We'll see you guys in the next one.